1: Sadie's out for race gutters, Australian mate, built to last. Huge news in the world of footy. Uh, one of the most, one of the, one of the most de- decent human beings who have ever been through the VFL AFL system mm-hmm. is making a, uh, a, a an earth-shattering return to the coaching ranks. After his career with the Fremantle uh, Dockers back in 1999 to 2001, yes. after a, uh, a storied playing career at the Pussycats, Damien Drum is returning to the coaching ranks. And he's been good enough to join us on the show to tell us all about it. Drummy, thanks for your time.
0: No worries. Good to, good to talk to you, Andy.
1: Uh, I thought you might have had enough of this coaching caper. What what are you doing?
0: Well, I'm dipping a toe back in the water <laughs> in a very small way. And it's a, it's an interleague game. Uh, Golden Valley League will play the Owens and Murray League. Um, and it's about round seven of the, of the season fixture. So... Effectively, we'll go full belt for about six or seven, eight weeks, uh, hopefully give the boys a positive experience, and we'll see where the game goes after that.
2: Beautiful. Hey, Damien, Andrew Gaze here, and, and well done. I love it when you see Total. such experienced people who've got a wealth of knowledge uh, putting back uh, into the game. Is this something that, now, like Andy mentioned, you've been away from a long time, but have you, have you been a, a follower of it? Do you still involved in just as even as a spectator?
0: Yeah, just a rabid fan, I suppose, is the best way you would call it. Uh, and, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I don't think you ever stop uh, mm. loving the game and looking at it critically and, uh, and uh, you know, being an absolute uh, a fan of not just the game but everything about the game. But uh, as you say, I would not have done this if I didn't have the opportunity to co-coach with John Lamont. So one of the best yeah, when I played a season of football with John, going way, way, way back at the end of my career at Werribee. John's gone on and had an amazing career, still, still uh, coaching at a really high level. Um, so the realization that you're out of the game for 20 years, the game changes, the structures change, uh, the setup behind the ball, around the contest, all that stuff changes, and I am a long way away from that. <laughs> um, so, so, but the ability to do it together. Uh, let's us, uh, combine our strengths, and we'll see where that goes.
1: Hey, Damien, it's a it's a really interesting point you just made there about the changing nature of the game. And to your to your kind of gut feel or or beyond, we see the stuff get done at the highest level, the AFL, and then at the lower levels, there's a copycat approach. And you know, footy teams in the bush and in the burbs want to copy and mimic. Is it asking too much of of two-times-a-week trainers uh, to turn up and try and do And is it asking too much from the coaches to expect these guys to do what they see get done at, at, at the ultimate level?
0: Yeah, I think it does. I suppose we have to be somewhat careful that the changes that we make at the highest level or the changes that the AFL make at the highest level, they are going to want to be mimicked and they are going to want to be copied. And is it possible for somebody training twice a week to be able to uh, execute that type of game. So you look at the high possession game that has sort of crept into the game recently, you know, um, continually passing the ball even once you're inside 50 to increase your opportunities to score a goal. You know, that's something that never happened 20 years ago.
2: Um,
0: But you you do need to have a very high level of, uh, of skill and foot disposal to be able to play that game. Um, so just because you see it happen on TV on Friday night doesn't mean you can actually execute that type of game on Saturday, Arvo.
2: Uh, Damien, when you, it's been a long time since you were at Fremantle and in that passage of time, you've been able to accomplish a lot and do a whole a lot of other different things. But when you reflect back on your time as a coach with Fremantle, what are those memories like? Are they, are they good ones?
0: Well, Freo was, Frio was tough um, mm. because, you know, we were, a, we were a lesser team at the time, trying to bring, you know, guys like Hazelby and Pavlich and Lee Brown and Justin Longmuir, you know, were our four b- big early draft picks that we brought into the club, mm. trying to rebuild. That was always going to be tough. Um, but I, I loved every minute of it. And when you sign up for those types of jobs, you understand really clearly that if you don't have success... Um, then it's not going to work out for you. Mm. You understand that. And you that's all part of the deal when you, um, when you take on board a, uh, a senior coaching role. So when it didn't work out, you've got no one to blame except yourself. Uh, and therefore, you just simply move on. Um, and, uh, you know, I was, I'm really happy with the way uh, I've moved away from footy, uh, did something totally different. Uh, and that's been really fulfilling, uh, although it's been quite demanding. Um, but... Looking back, uh, I'm I'm one of the lucky ones. Um, well, I think I'm the luckiest ever. <laughs> mm. <Yeah. laughs> you know, I've been able to be a uh, an AFL senior coach, uh, as well as the five years in Sydney as an assistant coach to Ron Barassi and Rocket Eed, Like that's an enormous that's an enormous positive in my life as well. Those five years there, um, and then um, and then to move into the state parliament and then into federal parliament. Uh, that that was something that I really cherished now looking back, so I was able to achieve
1: what I did. It's a fantastic answer. And and in, in the middle of that answer, you said, oh, oh, you your you, success is going to be the driver. Mm. And if it doesn't work out, you simply move on. And you did have something to move on to, but moving out of the coaching ranks in a league like the AFL, where there is so much focus when you're in the job, is it easy to simply move on?
0: Uh, no, it's not easy. And, um, the, the, uh, the fact is um, I decided to move away and, and have a crack at politics primarily because I knew the opportunity for unsuccessful coaches that get sacked, the opportunity for them to get another crack at a senior job is very, very scarce. Mm. And I said, I'm probably looking at, at the very best scenario, uh, you know, in the early 2000s when I get the sack, I'm looking at another 10 years back in the system as an assistant maybe moving my family to two or three different cities around Australia before, if I'm lucky, I might get a second crack at being a senior coach. Now, am I prepared? I remember that thought process really clearly. To be honest, I'm looking at a minimum of 10 years back in the system before, if I'm lucky, get another job. Or do you want to cut and and run and have a go at something totally different, uh, which, of course, was the political field? And I decided to have a crack
2: at the politics. And just on that, because... uh we live in interesting times, and we see how divisive the world has become. How divisive in certain parts of this country has become. As someone who's been in there, in the inner sanctum, and the political workings of this great country of ours, uh, and for someone like me, Annie knows a lot more than I do about that caper. But for someone like me. What do you make of the system that we have of representation and government? Is this something that you think that you can tell me that, say, hey, big fella, everything's under control, looks a little awkward, (laughs) but everything's under – can you reassure me and our listeners that we're in good hands?
0: Uh, well, we're a hell of a lot better off than this other great country that we talk about often, which dishes up Trump and Biden. Mm, <laughs> so yes. I, I sometimes look at that great country and go, wow, how does <laughs> someone like the USA dish up that type of mm. leadership as as an option? So for us, you know, we have no storming of the parliament. We have no violence and associated with you know the handover of one government to another government. Um, we accept it and we move on. We might not like the other mob. We might not like the current mob. Um, however, we understand that it's not permanent. Um, everyone's in that parliament for the right reason. Uh, some of them probably might elevate their own interests uh, in a personal ego-style way. Um, others have a different way of bringing about the best that they think for this great country. But just because you've got a different opinion as to how you should govern doesn't mean you're right or you're wrong. You've just got got an opinion. Mm. Uh, And this is a great Rombarazzi sort of uh, psychic coming through, and that is, you know, it's great to have opinions. Uh, It doesn't make you right or wrong. It just means you've got an opinion. And um, so I think um, Australians accept that. And sometimes when they go to, you know, they look at our leadership and they... Uh, are a little bit disappointed. That's fine, but ultimately, both at you know, even at local government level, state government level, and federal level, you get the opportunity every every couple of years to vote people in and yes. vote them out.
1: Uh, it's not bad, really. No, there's the ultimate uh, reality, yeah. drummy. Hey, uh, uh, that went sideways. We it was, it's all fascinating. It's such an interesting life you've lived, and mm. uh, you continue to give back, mate. Those those footballers. Uh, up there on the Murray. going to be uh, lucky to have you, mate, in the middle of the year, particularly alongside John Lamont. Good luck. Hopefully you enjoy it. Thanks for coming on for a quick chat, and we'll, um, we'll keep an eye on it when it all comes to pass.
0: Well done, fellas. Thanks for the opportunity. Good and, on you, mate. Uh, And go to Golden Valley. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Damien. Damien Drum, Jordy, and it's joining us at seven minutes to one.